Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. So hide your kids. Like, tuck them into bed. It's time to say nine-nine because we about to say some thanks. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love, talk to people we adore, crushes we have, and self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our second episode of The Antidote. Thank you for coming back. We are so appreciative that you're here again. Yay! Thank you! Warm my little heart. And let me tell you guys, um, my friend Amy uh, is looking like a whole-ass snack. Mm. Like, she switched up her hair. It's, like, more of, like, a blowout. It's, like, a beachy wave thing. I mean... Yeah, Mama got a new wig. Oh, my goodness. That is a good wig. Like, it looks like it's growing right out of your roots, girl. I mean, literally... I feel like the Black woman power to change your look at the drop of a hat and the drop of a few hundred dollars is a <laughs> phenomenal gift. And even though it's sometimes really annoying, I miss, especially pre-pandemic, like being able to just change my look up every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, you know me, girl. I got braids. Right now I have faux locks. Your faux locks are um, banging. Like, y'all... Thank I'm always here for a faux locks moment. And Grace, like, she whips those things around. I'm like, yes, whatever you want, I shall do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the show. Well, we can't have the antidote if we don't have something to get an antidote from. So we're starting now up top with our bummer news. Oh, no. It's all about the great resignation. Basically, 4.4 million Americans have quit their jobs in the last month. Not here in the last month. Because there's so much dissatisfaction with working conditions, uninspiring Mm. jobs, bad bosses. It's literally gone global. Everyone is like, I'm done. I'm out. Uh, Self-care moment. I literally saw a tweet a couple weeks ago that um, a boss had said all these tasks to his assistant to do in a text mm-hmm. message. And the assistant responded, it's giving shackles. I quit. <laughs> I actually live. Who is that icon? I need I to find know. this person. Follow them on Twitter forever. They covered their name to protect them. But it said, it's oh, giving it's shackles. Giving I quit. shackles. I quit. You know, there's some times in my life I should have said that shit. But you know what I'm saying? Yes, 100%. But I think the reason it's happening, it's like money is spread thin because of the pandemic Mm, and people are expecting more from all of their employees. And we're also burnt out because we've been in fight or flight slash like crisis trauma mode for two years running. It's really Mm. indicative of the fact that we have not learned as a society to prioritize self-care. 
Um, but like, that's what bums me out. I'm like glad that people are leaving jobs that don't inspire them. But I'm also sad because it's indicative of a bigger problem. Capitalism. I mean, and, you know, you and I, we talk about, you know, we are crazy busy. Um, but I actually was talking to a friend uh, earlier today and I was just like, you know, my life is insane right now. There's so much to do, but I feel so blessed by the fact that um, I enjoy all of it. So part of me, like, it's like, oh, this is great. People are standing up for themselves. Yeah. But you're right. It, it's true that there shouldn't be so many bad working conditions that fully four and a half million people quit their jobs. That That super month. sucks. Yeah, that's 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 bananas. And then on top of that, our second piece of bummer news, what it also makes me scared about is that free COVID tests and treatments are no longer free for the uninsured. So all these people who have quit their jobs, who are like probably getting exposed to COVID just because they live in America and people be mass free uh, 2022. Um, now they don't even get free COVID tests. And basically there was this program that used to reimburse clinics and hospitals for the testing, as well as for treating uninsured patients with COVID-19. And they literally stopped the claims because they are they're like, we can't accept any more claims because we have lack of sufficient funds. And now people will be charged $125 for testing and 100 if they go through a physician's office. And basically, people have taken it to Congress being like, hey, can we get more funding for this? And of course, Republicans objected. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, just in time, because let me tell you, Delta Cron, she is molly whopping her ass right into America right now. Wait, so, we went back to um, the top of the alphabet? I thought we were going to... We haven't even gotten to Zetacron. Why are we back at Delta Cron? Yeah, I don't know. Now all the mask mandates are going down. The vaccine mandates are going down. And just in time for this new variant to be like, hey, girl, I'm here. Of course. And now people can't even get tested for free. And let's not forget that as of March 28th, an average number of about 18,000 Americans are still hospitalized with COVID-19 per day. And 3,000 yeah. are in ICUs and 753 are dying. So it's not yeah. like this thing is over. I'm literally outside a CVS every day like a crackhead. Like, give me another shot. Give me another one. <laughs> I'm just like, so give me another one of them boosters, baby. I, I t you know what? Keep let me keep some at my house. I'll put it. I'll put it in myself. Every I'll be smart. Months. I'll only boost every three to six months. Don't worry. Just leave me with the shots. I'll be responsible with the boosting. You know, I'll, I'll put a clean syringe every time or whatever. Just give me some of that sweet, sweet <laughs> booster shot. Um, last bit of bummer news. This one just bummed me out. Um, I saw that Bruce Willis is stepping away from acting because he has aphasia. Oh, and yeah, I've heard sense. of aphasia, but just for people who don't know, it's actually described as a neurological condition that affects a person's ability to communicate verbally or through writing. And it affects an estimated 2 million people in the United States per year, um, according mm. to the National Aphasia yeah. Association. It can stop how you speak. It can stop how you communicate. And of course, as an actor, you have to memorize lines. Yeah, so his yeah. daughter, Rumor went. Willis broke the news and literally said he's stepping away from the career that he loves so much. Oh and he's 67. He's not that old. And for no. that to happen after his illustrious career and all that, like, Bruce Willis, like... Everyone fucks with Bruce Willis. Can I just get that out clearly? Everyone fucks with Bruce Willis because um, he fine. He He's like a ball-headed yes. king. You're not wrong. Thank you, Bruce Willis. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you, Bruce Willis, uh, for your service. <laughs> <laughs> for your service. Um, and also, that's just very sad. I mean, 
Um, you know, my dad is 82. He's still working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking of him at 67 having to step away from things. Um, and yeah, that's too young if you still really love something to do that. But you know what? He's got to take care of himself. And I hope that, you know, whatever treatments they're giving him are at least making him comfortable. And, um, you know, what a wonderful actor. Um, yeah. That's the bummer news for this week. How do you feel, Grace? Well, I don't feel good. How about you? <laughs> I'm pretty shitty. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the antidote. So for those of you just joining us, this is a segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed or the things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. Um, so yeah, Grace, what was your antidote this week? As we speak, I am sitting in a Baltimore, Maryland uh, in a hotel overlooking the harbor. It's my birthday weekend, so um, it's a poorly timed trip. Um, Wait, which what? Is, it's a poorly timed trip. Okay, I mean, I, I'm just thing. Treat yourself. I have so much work to do. I should probably be in Los Angeles, mm. um, in my office, doing the things that I always do. But I sort of set like this boundary. Like, listen, Grace, you're you have a lot of work right now. And that's mm. not going to change. It's actually no. going to get worse, yeah. especially if the things that you want come to pass. Ugh. So I'm so I'm starting now, starting today, starting on this trip. It's like I'm not going to let work take away opportunities for me to be somewhere else. So um, before this, I went to my parents' house in Michigan, and it was lovely. I was still working, but <laughs> I got to kiss my mama's face. I got yeah. to hang out with my sweet brother. You know, I got to see my dad. You know, but it was nice. I was in my childhood bedroom and I was like, I'm working um, on this amazing uh, new show that's coming out on Netflix starring Michelle Buteau. And so like we're in my childhood bedroom and I'm showing them pictures of like when I was Dorothy and the Wiz and all my show choir pictures. And I'm literally looking through all my drawers and seeing like um, my old Girl Scout books and stuff like that. Um, And then after I leave Baltimore, because my friend is getting married in Baltimore, that's the reason why I'm here. He's getting married on my birthday, which was shade. Because he's known me since we were 14. So he know when my birthday is at. So he didn't need to he get married on my birthday. He did not do that to offend you. He probably did it because Whatever. I mean, I love you, Justin. So and I'm obviously here. I'm, I love you. And, and I'm obviously here. So I'm not that mad about it. But um, but then after uh, his wedding um, on my birthday, then I'm going to New York for a week. Nice. And still, I'm going to be working um, a lot. But I told my assistant to leave my evenings free. So I'll get to see friends at night. I'll get to yeah. see um, business contacts and um, people that I've hung out with for years that I used to live in New York with. So I, I just... Love the fact that I took this poorly timed vacation because even though there's so much work that has to go on during the vacation, um, I'm still stealing moments of joy, stealing moments of connection. So I feel like it's so important, even when you have a ton of work or you have a lot of obligations in your life, that you still make time to like steal those moments. So that's what I'm doing this week. I'm stealing moments in between the work that I have to be somewhere else, feel a different energy, feel a different city. Um, And yeah, and because I'm moving around so much, I really don't have time to focus on all the um, 
bummer news and all the things that are going on in the world because I got to get on a plane. Oh, snap. I got to repack this bag. Oh, Mm -hmm. snap. Did I remember my podcast recording equipment? (laughs) Like, you know, I have to do all that stuff. So it feels good to be distracted from the routine of life to be uh, somewhere else and kick up like some new energy. So yeah. And you're trying not to become one of these 4.4 million people who quits their job. You know, it's like, that's what it's about is mental health, self-care boundaries. You are like literally living that in practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard. Like you keep on calling it an ill-timed trip, but when is the right time to take care of yourself? Like, you know, so I'm just like, it, it, it's hard to set boundaries and to protect your peace, but you're doing it. You're living it. And I think that's incredible. That's a beautiful antidote. Well, thank you. And um, I'm just curious, um, what is your antidote this week, Amy? LOL. We have a very similar antidote because I'm also <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> I am recording this podcast from lovely Maui, Hawaii. Um, I'm here for um, a bachelorette weekend with one of my closest friends in the world. Her name's Zoe. And um, she wanted to do her bachelor in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. I had never been there before. And I was like, it's really hard for me to like commit to getting away. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I love vacation. I actually really feel like traveling rejuvenates my creativity. It always Mm -hmm. makes me tap into my writing in a new way. So the flight, getting out of town, like you're saying, it kind of rejuvenates my ability to focus on my work when I get back. Um, So I was really happy that they decided to do Maui instead of something that was like super local um, because it kind of forced me to get out. And then I got, you know, my new hair. And then I also... And it's gorgeous. Exactly. And then I have a view of the ocean outside of my hotel room. And um, yeah, it's... It's been incredible. I literally am like, it's in a weird way. Like I've lived internationally. I've been all over the world. I love to travel. I love vacationing and I've never been to Hawaii. And it feels like so, it feels novel to me to like be on this island and like, and I will say there has been a lot of talk during the pandemic about not going to Hawaii so that Mm -hmm. to protect the locals. And it has been a complicated conversation for me because I'm like, I I have complicated feelings around going to yeah. tourist destinations during a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I, what I will say about our group is that like, we are the most hardcore, like testing every 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like we're so insane about safety. And we really decided to do it in a really protective way for us and to not like you know, be in Hawaii, like littering on the street or whatever. So, but I am like, hey, I'm I'm coming here and and wanting to experience it and be as kind to the island as possible. And it's so funny, the videos, you know how the hotel TV has like a loop of like, welcome to our hotel yeah. type mm-hmm. videos. All of the videos are about like, Literally, they say, we have sacrificed so much to allow you to keep coming here. Like the video says that. And they're like, please protect our island. This is Ohana. You are part of our family. Please protect our island. And it's like Mm. really moving. I like sat and watched the whole little entry video. And I was like, I hope these white people up in here are listening to this video because I'm feeling it deep. I mean, it's like kind of White Lotus talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Just to throw this in, the first Mm -hmm. night I got here at this resort, I was walking through a hallway in this random black woman who's a guest at this resort saw me and goes, hello. <laughs> oh my God. She was up, just like, she my introduced sis? herself. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I just haven't met you yet. And there aren't a lot of us here. <laughs> I was like, mm. so nice to meet you. It was so sweet. So on that, we'll just keep on enjoying our vacation vibes right after this break. 
Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Our guest today is a comedian, actor, writer, showrunner, as well as executive producer, creator, and star of the Emmy Award-winning HBO sketch comedy series, A Black Lady Sketch Show. We stand for a bad bitch support group. And Black Lady Courtroom. She was the head writer for The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, making her the first Black woman in history to hold that position, and so glamorously, too. And she also was the first Black woman head writer for the White House Correspondence Dinner. She was named one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch, and she is one of my personal top 10 Instagrams to watch because, y'all, the cheekbones. The cheekbones. Make like Doja Cat and get into it, yeah. Please welcome Robin Thede. <laughs> have been the best intro I have literally ever had in my entire life. I'm going to bottle it up and wear it as perfume. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, Robin, you are very impressive, but we aren't here to talk about your many, many, many accomplishments. We're here to get deep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's check in first. How are you feeling today? Like for real, not small talk. Is there anything that's weighing on you? How you feel? Oh, sure. The world. Um, But I will say thank you because you let me finish making my pasta for lunch. And I I bring this up because old me, right, pre-pandemic me, Mm -hmm. or even pre-a year ago me, would have just said, forget it, pass out and die, Mm. Um, don't eat, you're supposed to be somewhere at two o'clock, and no one's going to understand if you're late. Mm. And what I've realized is in the pandemic is... No, if I need five minutes, it's not the end of the world. And just ask for it. Like, I don't want to die tomorrow knowing that I didn't take five minutes to make lunch. And, you know, I made this beautiful cauliflower pasta you with pesto it? and kale. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a vegan pasta. It's a mm. cauliflower pasta by Bonza, which I really like. Love um, tons of protein, not a lot of carbs, if you care about those things. And um, a vegan pesto that I did not make, but I bought. And then I sauteed some kale and did some, you know, salt and pepper and some things and just a beautiful pasta in the middle of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, she's a chef. <laughs> Let me add it to the bio. <laughs> normally, normally I would make my own pesto, but I had to get the lunch ready in like eight minutes. But but it was that sort of thing. That's that kind of like, you know, we talk about self-care and we always ask each other, how are you checking in with yourself, with your friends, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, I need to be kinder to myself in a lot mm. of ways. I'm my own harshest critic, but I'm also bad to my body mm. sometimes. Yeah. And this body is the only one I got. So I've tried to stop beating myself up about the things I don't like about my body, which obviously are not many. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> you better say that Well, in shit. my head, I was like, what would that be? <laughs> no, but like even making a joke like that is like yeah. new for me because normally I'd be like, oh, I don't like this. Or I don't like that. I was like, no, forget that. Like, forget this is the one body I'm blessed mm-hmm. with and I need to love every inch of it. And that includes feeding myself mm-hmm. when all the other years I would have just gone until 10 p.m. without eating. And that's not freaking healthy, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, so I took the, I took the time. Uh, well, you know, we want to get into the show. The show is called The Antidote, as you know. Congratulations, by the way. This is so dope. Two of my favorite people. Oh, thank you. So I'm curious, is your antidote this week cooking for yourself? Making yourself a little meal? Yeah, for today it is. I mean, you know, I also... In my mind, I'm a secret dog owner. I don't own a, do- a dog, but we were raised with Welsh corgis, mm-hmm. oh, the ones with, that don't have tails. Mm-hmm. And so I have a notebook where, oh, it's downstairs, but I have a notebook that has a corgi on it. Oh. And it says, a little corgi makes your day a little better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind, 
mind. I've been toying with this idea of getting a puppy. Oh my God, would you? I don't think so because I just, I move around too much mm. and I'm just too busy and I don't want to pick up poop. No. But in some ways, um, just even looking at the puppies or watching little YouTube videos of them makes me happy. Oh. Just small things, you know, just little things. I love a puppy video. I also love when it's like unlikely animal friends, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a puppy and that. a duck. I love it. And it's always like a wolf and a cat. Like, yes. what are they doing? Why are they friends? Or like a duck and a goat. <laughs> duck and a goat. Yeah, duck and a goat would be good. I don't think I could get a pet, but I also find an antidote of mine is looking at other people's pets from a distance. It's like babies. I'm yeah. like, you're cute over there. Totally. And that's the thing. There's no, like, there's no risk at just Googling them. You don't have to pick up their poop. Yeah, that's the part that I don't like. The poop part. Do you have an animal, Grace? For the same reasons. Like, I like to be able to move freely and not have to worry about, like, you know, where to put them or whatever. But I am more of a cat person than a dog person. And All right, we can move on. (laughs) No, for real. Let me talk. (laughs) Let me me explain myself first. So I'm more of a cat person more than a dog person because cats are fucking real. That's what I'm talking about. Cats are fucking real. Dogs always happy to see you. Oh, they're always licking and whatever, jumping on you. But a cat will let you know how she feels. At any given moment. You're talking to the wrong audience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the speech, but my roommate in college had a cat who sent her to the hospital. In college? Because she was... That's rude, first of all. See, that's that's trauma. That's that's why you don't like cats. It's trauma. It's PTSD from that time. I've never liked them. I think... Why would I want an animal who's going to spite me every day I come home? I get that in my life. I can get that from a man. Why would I want that from a cat? I I like it. I'm like, make me work for it. Make me work for it, okay? Girl, (laughs) bring that up in therapy. Don't put that on a cat. (laughs) I will say, you've come a long way from having a college roommate. You're in a beautiful home, which, by the way, we're just seeing a corner of it. She won't show it to us. But but it's beautiful. The corner we're seeing is lovely. The rest is just shambles. (laughs) And I gotta assume, like, you're someone, like, you work a lot, you're on sets a lot, you travel a lot for work. Like, what is it like coming home? Is home, like, a place where you get to finally relax and feel more like yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I have set it up that way. My house is very white Mm -hmm. and very... White people? White, white people. Like white supremacy? Uh, <laughs> have you guys heard of the KKK? Oh my, God. oh my God, is that the reason why that lamp has a hood on it? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> all lamps have hoods. Oh, they're all trying to fight me. Oh no, Twitter's just a blaze. Uh, no, you mean white as in serene. <laughs> No, it's very serene. Yeah. It's very like people always come in my house and they go, is this a model home? And I'm like, it's not a gated community. I don't understand why it would be a model <laughs> home. But um, no, it's not. Or they'll go, oh, is this still the staged furniture? Wait, what? No, like, I think no. I'm like you because my house is like that. Like my living room is very like it is how it is. Like my pillows are kind yeah. of the dent in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all that. Two on either side. I, there's something to me that's comforting about just this walking into serenity. Yes. I walk in and like I think most people in my crazy brain and all the characters I play yes. and all the comedy I do would think my house would be like colorful. And it's exactly. like, no, it's very like gray and beige and white and like some blush elements. But then I will say my family room in my kitchen, which is all kind of one area, is mm-hmm. like navies and grays and blues mm-hmm. and like a much more 
comfortable kid. My nieces and nephews can jump on the couches and do all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, my bedroom is like white and cream and blush. And that's it. And like my living room is the same. My formal living room is the same way. Ooh, I'm bougie. Formal living room. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, two formal. living rooms must be nice. <laughs> Yo, somebody said, somebody said, if your couches don't touch the wall, you rich. And I was like, oh, my couches don't oh touch the God. wall. Well, this one touches the wall, but I got another one that don't touch the wall. So maybe I'm rich too. <laughs> See, you got two couches, so you're rich. I know. No, what I heard two, was rich. multiple couches. Amy has an estate, okay? So, first of all, I don't I don't know why she Stop right always there. is trying to downplay how nice her house is. It's Stop got right three there. floors. Uh, Amy and I have the same desk. Yeah, Aww. we do. We have the same office desk, and I absolutely love it. I remember seeing it for the first time on Zoom with you, and I, like, had a conniption because I was just like, oh, my God, my style icon has my desk. <laughs> I'm like, how did this happen? Just a follow-up to the last question. Would you say that home is your favorite place? What What is, like, your favorite place to be, just in general? Oh, my God. Italy is my favorite country mm. to be in, hands down. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. I, as you know from my pasta uh, adventure today, I learned how to make pasta in Italy. That's the other thing, guys. I didn't make my own pesto today. I didn't make my own pasta. I could have. I have a pasta machine. Wow. I, I can't. I know totally how, just, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I. But anyway, so Italy, I would say, is my favorite country. But yeah, home, mm-hmm. home is my favorite place, and I am a bit of a homebody. Not in a way of like I don't like seeing people, but just in a way of like the pandemic has forced me to yeah. be, and I do think I replenish my energy at home for sure. I feel the same way, and we also love Italy because me and Amy went on a trip uh, last summer. We went to Sicily. I know. Even thinking about, and I don't want to get like super heavy on the pandemic of it all, but that's so much of why we even started this podcast because we missed each other and missed being able to like find joy. And I remember you posting on Instagram about like how to maintain friendships during the pandemic. And that post like hit me in my heart because I was like, this is how I feel every single day. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I'm curious, like what has been your way to form community during this crazy time? And and what have you found has helped? I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm rarely vulnerable on my Instagram. Like it's usually, like you said, just cheekbones and then we move on. <laughs> Literally the best. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I I put up this really vulnerable post that was about how much I love my friends, but how also I feel like I've kind of been a bad friend over the past two years to many of them, mm-hmm. to y'all, to, to so many of my friends that I love so dearly um, because I haven't, found the courage to have the sort of social life that we all used Mm, to have. And I just don't have it. And the thing is, like, I make television 11 months and 28 days of the Mm. year. I have about three days between seasons of a Black Lady Mm. sketch show. Uh, Even though people think, even though people are like, it's only six episodes, why would that take you a year? And I'm like, you have no idea the epic size and scope and how long it takes to make television. Mm, It takes so much. But um, for me... uh, I have a responsibility to my crew, even when I'm in post, you know, when I'm editing Mm -hmm. the show, I still have to go to color and sound mixes in person. That means I cannot be COVID positive. I also have an autoimmune disease and I had COVID in January of 2020 and it was, it damn near killed me. So I, um, and I say that without no hyperbole, like I literally could not breathe and told my mom, I might stop breathing in my sleep. Like I, it was awful. And this was before we knew anything about COVID, yeah. right? So two of the three seasons of the sketch show had been made during a global pandemic. Yeah. It's so stressful. And my friends are all like, well, I'm not even going to come to your house because I don't want to get you sick. You know? So it's like, at the end of the day, I do feel like in so many ways I'm lacking as a friend and no friends have made me feel that way, of course. 
But I was so happy to see the responses from people saying the same thing, Amy, you were saying, which was same. And nobody faults you. Like all of our friendships kind of- but suffered, felt a hit. They suffered just because different. of that. And, yeah. and the thing I am learning is that all my friends are great because I still miss them so much and want them so much. And, um, you know, there wasn't anybody that I'm like, oh, thank God for that <laughs> pandemic so I could cut that off. You know, there was nothing of that. I remember when I saw the two of you at an event. I don't know if we should say what it was, but I saw the two of you at an event a few months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I say yes. it? Oh, yeah, Amy's birthday. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Amy's birthday. Yeah. Everybody tested. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was like everybody tested. the safest. Anyway. But it was the safest. It was outside. Everybody was tested and or vaccinated. And I still wouldn't take off my mask. Yeah. Like, I'm still just one of those people. And I think I was shooting at the time. You but, were. Because yeah. I remember. And so, yeah. Yeah, because that thing for me, I'm like, okay, I'm coming to your birthday because I love you and I'm obsessed and I haven't seen you in forever, but I'm putting 200 people's lives and jobs at risk by doing it, you know, and it just sucks, you know? And so anyway, I'm just trying to be more gentle with myself about some of the friendships I haven't been able to like, you know, maintain as much as normal. I'm, I'm loving like just being able to reminisce about some of these great times that we've managed to have even in the pandemic. And because it's like, sometimes you're thinking about like, oh, what did I do last week? And it's like sat in my house. But there were some bright spots. Like I even think of- For sure. Yeah, like even I started saging in my house every now and then. I never used to have time I'm to I'm here for your, listen, your sage and candle Instagram. Thank you. This is what I'm living for. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you, and then we'll let you get back to your pasta. Um, I know- <laughs> Earlier uh, last year, you said that you get hard on yourself for not being where you want to be sometimes, but then you think about how proud your six-year-old self would be of you. And I'm like, there are days where I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. I've come further than I ever dreamed. And then there are days where it doesn't quite fit, you know? And I'm curious, like what conversation for for that six-year-old girl who has so many dreams ahead of her, what what would that conversation sound like to tell her, hey girl, it's going to be fine? to let you be in the space where you know you're okay. I love that you brought that up because ever since I posted that, you know, when you when you're when you think you're not where you're supposed to be, think about how proud your 6-year-old self would be of you. I have really internalized that as my mantra and when I'm ever feeling like, oh, well this show didn't go, I was developing this show and mm-hmm. we put out a press announcement, now yeah. it's dead, you know, da 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 da. That's so normal in this business and like or, you know, I keep thinking, oh god, I used to be on TV every day, and now I'm on TV 6 episodes a year. And like, am I falling out of the spotlight? Am I not keeping up the energy of my career? Do people even care about what I'm making? I'm like, do they have any idea how good what I'm about to release is or how long this takes? Do they appreciate that? Or do they just think, oh, she'll never be bigger than she is because of blah, 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 right? So all that negative self-talk. But then I I thought about this this morning in a new way. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I go, look at this place you live, right? And no matter how big or small, yes. right? Like, yeah. I just go, my talent built this. My talent built this, nothing else but my hard work and my talent. And I say that because my talent has taken care of me. I've never had a loan from anybody. Mm-hmm. No man has ever paid my bills. My parents have never paid my bills. No shade to anybody who's doing that. Because I that, mean, if you got the hustle, keep it, you know? That part, that part. I have accomplished so many things based mm-hmm. on my talent. Why would I ever get down on myself if something didn't work out? Mm-hmm. And I do believe if something doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. And I believe in that divine order for sure. Um, So now I'm just getting so much better about taking things in stride. I have a movie um, Mm -hmm. 
that was announced. It's at Amazon Fun. called Killing It. It's um, Shaun of the Dead meets Girls Trip. And we're in development for that. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it goes through and so you guys can see it in your theaters and everything's, you know, fine. But things take time, right? Like people ask me, well, what's going on with that? And I'm like, oh, it just takes time, you know? And I can't get down on myself if something doesn't go or something's taking too long. But at the same time, there's always that fight of going, oh, you're getting older. People aren't going to want you when you're looking old or whatever. But I had to get rid of that too because, um, A, I did decide to age backwards. So that's been lovely. It's um, happening. I just decided like, <laughs> like a month ago. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to age backwards. Yeah, I just decided. I feel like my number one. percent manifest this. <laughs> whatever is for me is for me and leave everything else. You know, it's like, I've spent so much of my life trying to control what I can. When the truth is that whatever's outside of your control will not be affected by you trying to mm, control it. That part. So yeah, so I decided to let go of control. And I also had to just really, more than just gratitude, right? Because I was doing like gratitude journals and all that kind of stuff, but I kicked it up to another notch mm-hmm. when I was like, Look at every, look at this pillow. Look at this chair. Look at this laptop. Mm. Look at this desk. Look at this car. Your talent bought that. You all, and it's not about the material thing. My sense of safety, my sense of um, accomplishment is not just rooted in those material things, but it's rooted in the environment that I've created for myself in my life. And that's huge. As somebody who grew up with nothing on welfare and like my parents had to work so hard just to barely scrape by, it's like, Never forget that. Never forget that. I don't care if I make a knock on wood, but I don't care if I never make another television show again. I'm knocking on wood. Um, yeah, you will I've for sure. I will. But see, we don't have to knock because we You're know right. I am. Because also, that's the your thing. talent is you. Like, that's right. And uh, that will never go away. And if you believe in God, then God has gotten me this far because mm-hmm. I think God and the talent the are one of the, the same. same. But, but whatever you believe, it is your talent. Mm-hmm. that has gotten you there and wherever you believe that talent comes from. And I believe it comes from a higher source. So that's the other thing that's nice is that I- I'm not one of those people that's like, God, God will do it. God got me. Yeah. And then don't do nothing. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I no, am no. working very hard and I will not rest until I see my goals accomplished. But at the same time, I'm also going to stop beating. I have stopped beating myself up when things don't go the way that I had thought. Because here's the last thing I'll say. Everything that didn't work out, my God, thank you. Yeah. Everything that did not work out, I think about praying to be on SNL. And when I auditioned in 2013, wow, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is it. And I had been submitting for 10 years. And I was like, please, please, this is it. I'm finally here. I'm in front of Lauren Michaels. This is it. This is it. This is it. Didn't get it. Wow. And I was like, my sketch dreams are over. I had done six other sketch shows at that point, either writing, performing, guest starring, <laughs> all this other stuff. And I was like, this is it. This is SNL. I'm going to make it. Didn't make it. And I was like, well, I have to get a new dream now. Mm -hmm. And I was already, um, and then I got the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. And then I did my own late night show. And on both of those shows, I was doing sketches left and right. And it didn't leave me. I know, right? It (laughs) never left me. I was like, well, that dream's over. I literally said that. (laughs) Well, that dream's over. No more sketch. I'll just do something else in comedy. (laughs) And I literally only went on to do sketches that I wanted to do and then created a black lady sketch show and the rest is history. Literal history, right? So it's like, even when you think you're giving up on your dream, your dream ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. I go back to that in my life. Like everything that didn't work out or whatever, now I can look back and I can see how that was leading me in the right direction. So um, I think that that's like a beautiful lesson that when things don't work out, 
it could be that it's leading you to an even better place. Because if you had been on SNL, you would have been there for probably five, ten years, and a black lady sketch show wouldn't have happened. You know what I'm saying? I would have been dating Pete Davidson. You guys would have been open. Slinging that community pain. (laughs) Oh, my God. It would have been terrible. But, you know, the funny thing is that in my personal life, I think about all the men. I I was like, please, God, just let them call me. What? What? It would have been terrible. The way we've been saved. I thank God every day, every day for that one. What? Or just the way out, the way out of a relationship, too. I mean, all of that kind of stuff is just like, ooh, the blessings. Yeah. But I do believe that. I love that. I I love that. It's so real. So. This is the end of our conversation. Do you have anything coming up you want to tell us about? I know you can't say much about season three, but anything you'd like to plug? No. It can even be something you're not involved in that you just love. I'll just say this. A Black Lady Sketch Show season three is coming soon. I'm very excited about it. And it's our most epic season ever. Oh my God, I can't wait. Yes. And on that note, we will end this interview. And thank you so much, Robin, for coming on and giving us life today. Thank you. Now we're doing our creative tap-in in which we tip, tip, tip into our creativity. Amy and I are both writers, so being creative brings us joy. And this is a podcast about joy. So Grace is going to surprise me with a quote about creativity, and I'm going to let her know what it makes me think. Here's the quote. Living is a form of not being sure, not knowing what next or how. The moment you know how, you begin to die a little. The artist never entirely knows. We guess. We may be wrong, but we take a leap after leap in the dark. Let me say that one more time. Living is a form of not being sure, not knowing what next or how. The moment you know how, you begin to die a little. The artist never entirely knows. We guess we may be wrong, but we take leap after leap in the dark. And that's by Agnes DeMille. Wow, that was deep. I was like, living is a a form of not being sure. I was like, huh? And then when it was like knowing how you begin to die a little, I was like, I'm sad. (laughs) But I will say, I think when you continue to grow as a creative, as a person, as you stay curious, as you keep on reaching for new things to know, you stay creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think you've learned everything, your creativity starts to die. Mm -hmm. Like not not just your life, but I think of like, to be honest, those comedians who are all like, PC comedy, I can't. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to continue to work on your craft? Mm -hmm. Comedy doesn't age well. You have to update your craft. And if you don't choose to lean into the space of not knowing... This, the leap after leap in the dark. If you don't lean into that, your voice becomes irrelevant. You as a comedic force, as a creative can begin to die. This is why I believe in lifelong education and like self-help or whatever you got to do, therapy, all the things that you can do to keep on growing. Because I actually do, the on first listen, I was like, what? But now I'm like, no, I fully, fully believe this quote because it is like, yeah, once you think you have learned how to do what you were put here to do, that is the minute that your creative energy begins to die. Amazing. I love that. 
What this makes me think of, um, and it's so interesting because I always pick these quotes before we talk to our guests, Mm -hmm. but this actually brings up something for me that Robin said when she was like, when I didn't get SNL and God had another plan or the universe had another plan, um, that makes me think of all the many times in my life where I thought that I could control the way things went. Um, Mm. And when it says living is a form of not being sure, I feel like when my creativity really began to explode was when I stopped trying to guess what's next. Because before I was just like, okay, well, I'm working on a sketch show, so I have to do a sketch thing because that is the natural next step. And um, those are where I have the most connections and everything like that. So I wasn't coming to it from a place of what do I want to do? What am I most interested in? It was more of like trying to fit myself in whatever box or modality that I was closest to. So now I literally just seek out what I want to do and I don't try to control everything. And that like really releases my creativity because it's not me trying to guess what the best next move is. It's more like me coming first from my creativity and what interests me instead of trying to control everything. And I've become like comfortable enough to not be sure. Like, you know, earlier in my career, I would be like, well, if this doesn't happen by this point or whatever, I have failed. Or I was just like, (laughs) the next thing I'm going to is going to happen is this. And now I'm just like, um, whatever comes across my desk, whatever my agent sends me, I'll take a look at it. If I like it, I'll do it. If I don't like it, I don't do it. I have absolutely no clue what I will be doing or where I will be this time next year. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm fine with that. I love that we both had different ways of interpreting the quote. And it's so funny how often that it sort of aligns with something that our guest has said, you know. Um, I like this part of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You can say it out loud. You can say it with all you. Put some bass in that. I like this part of the podcast. Uh, I like our whole podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I like this part. Me too. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. And that's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And look at everything you built. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. It's produced by Jenna Hanchard, and our associate producer is Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. 
concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Woohoo! Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Bye! Bye!